Good morning, Oikos. Today is a good day. Amen? We're in John chapter 20. I would love if you have your smartphone or something to follow along, if you have a Bible next to you, go ahead and go to chapter 20. We are actually this morning going to go through the entire chapter, chapter 20 of John, to hear the Easter story. John 20, verse, starting in verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, what I love about John is that he gives metaphors. And this is a metaphor of confusion, of not knowing what was happening. As he says in very simple terms, not only was it literally dark, but metaphorically it was also dark in the minds of the disciples and the women as they ran to the tomb. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body. It's out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So there's confusion, there's grief, there's fear. What would they do? According to the Gospel of Luke... It says that the women had already gone to tell the disciples, that the disciples had heard it and, they, and it sounded like nonsense. Obviously, these disciples weren't married to these women because they would never have said, what you're saying is nonsense, even if it sounds like it. Either the men didn't listen or the women didn't make sense. Sounds like a pretty normal day. So they wanted to go see for themselves. Some men got up right away. Mary Magdalene had told them, and they ran to go see. Verse 3, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Obviously, John is writing this. He was the other disciple. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. I was thinking about this conversation of those disciples, Peter and John. They've just looked into the tomb. They've seen Jesus is not there. What kind of conversation did they have as they went home? Was it was part of it doubt? Like, do you think he was stolen? Do you think he was taken? Was John coming back to Peter and going, Peter, Peter? No, he really is risen from the dead. Do you remember? It's kind of like when you are in the classroom and you are, the teacher gives a new, a new thing to learn. And you're sitting next to your best friend. And as you're receiving this information, you really have no idea what the teacher's talking about. But your good friend all of a sudden goes, 
got it. And he turns to you and goes, this is what it is, man. Come on, you got to get it. And you're looking and you're going, I, I don't get it. And he's going, come on, this is what happened. Remember that time? And da, 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 and he goes through the whole thing. And then he goes, I got it. He's risen. You understand. So what did they talk about? Did they talk about, so what happens next? Is he going to come and, and join us all together? Are we going to see him again? Are we just going to have to believe that he's risen and not see him? Are we going to be able to tell the story? Or are we too scared to share what we just saw? I bet they might have even said, man, we're so stupid. The women were right. But we're not going to tell them. Verse 11, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, this is Mary Magdalene, she stooped in and looked in. She saw two white angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. How many times does Jesus appear before us and we just don't see it? How many times does he speak directly to us and we just don't hear it? Verse 15, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he, he was the gardener. Sir, he, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you put him and I'll go get him. This has happened to me a couple times when I've done a wedding and I'm wearing a suit. People think I'm a waiter. It doesn't make you feel very good. I wonder what Jesus thought. Seriously. Mary. And so you could take that Mary in verse 16 in many different ways. Like, Mary, I'm not tending the garden. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father. To your Father, to my God, and to your God. Those are precious words from the Son of God. He says, I am now at this point sharing my Father with you. He's no longer just my Father, but He's now your Father. He's no longer just my God, but He's your God. I stand here to tell you, your life is new. It has changed. It's been transformed. Now, according to Luke, Mary Magdalene was there with the women when the angels gave them this message. So Luke would say that when the women first went, Mary was part of that crowd. It says in Luke 24, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? 
He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and that he'd rise again on the third day. From reading these accounts, it is mass confusion on Sunday. Right? Mary evidently ran with the women, was given this account, ran back with the women. The men said, you're speaking nonsense. The men, Peter and John, run back to the tomb. Mary must run back to the tomb. She sees Peter and John stoop in. They come back going, he's risen. She still goes back to the tomb. People running back and forth to the tomb, probably like many of your families this morning trying to get out of the house on Easter. Did you get that? No, I forgot it. Go back and get it. Did you remember this? No, I forgot that. Maybe mass confusion that you had like a crazy morning. Anyone have a crazy morning? Amazingly, the Lytle household. We even had guests. I could not believe it. I was like, is Jesus here right now? No one argued that I could hear. It was peace. It was peace. So I believe that the women did go just like Luke and John recorded. Because I think this is natural human behavior. No matter what we see, no matter what we hear, the moment we walk away, we doubt. We doubt the moment we see it, we may believe it, and then we turn and we go, now what was that? Oh, it couldn't have been that. According to Luke and John, Mary Magdalene heard a message twice, but she still was looking for Jesus. The women came back and evidently they told the disciples without conviction. And so the disciples doubted the message that they gave. They had to go see for themselves. Peter and John had to go to the tomb to find out what really happened. Because those crazy women, they they must not know what really happened. We'll come back and report. And yet, even with all these times of God interceding and saying, this is the message that I want you to hold on to. This is the message I want you to share. There's doubt. Verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound of his side. It's hard to believe. And I bet you've been there. It's hard to believe when you are hit with stuff that you haven't seen. It's hard to believe that someone's healed in the hospital when your friend says, I've been praying for him, and I believe God interceded. And we've all been there. We've said, okay, so what did the doctors do? It's hard to believe that someone has seen a transformed life when you've seen someone who is fully addicted to drugs turn and kneel and bow down and worship Jesus and say, it's all behind me. Those of us that have known that person go, well, we'll see. It's hard to believe that person who stabs you in the back comes to you and says, forgive me. I want to start again. In your mind, that doubt goes, yeah, right. It's hard to believe that Jesus actually died for you. And some of you came in today with those doubts. Some of you came in today because your mom said, we're going to church. And you said, okay. You weren't even thinking about Jesus. You were just thinking, if I don't go, she's going to nag me all day long. Some of you said, I need to go. I haven't been for a while. I hope no one notices. Some of you said, I'm going to go, but I just don't see how Jesus is really doing anything in my life. It's hard to believe, but it's easy to doubt. In this past week, I probably have had conversations with people who have doubted that God really loves them. They went through the week and they just aren't sure. I've had conversations where people are not really sure that God has forgiven that one particular sin. I know people have secrets that they think that God will not forgive. People doubt that the Father, that our Father, has actually prepared a place that will bring you so much joy, you can't even explain it. That He actually knows you so well that he's put together a place that when you go in it, you will not want for anything. We can't get that, right? I was watching the kids get the Easter eggs, and we had a whole bunch of Easter eggs out there. 
and we're like those kids, right? Our Easter basket is overflowing and eggs are dropping. We're still trying to find a better one. Or we're walking past all the eggs that are right there because someone said there's a golden egg. So let's not waste our time with these other ones. We're like that. But he has prepared a place for you that you, everything you pass, you'll go, that's awesome. Every place you go, you'll go, how did he know? You'll be in awe and amazement when we spend our eternity with the Lord. Many of you have a hard time and doubts occur when you start facing death. Has he really, really ensured life forever? Or is this the end? For others, it's doubting whether God really cares about the things that happen in your life today. And he actually cares about the things that will happen tomorrow that you do not know. That he looks in your life and he knows where you're hurting. That he's sending people to speak into those hurts if you'd only listen. He knows where your body is falling apart. And he cares. He knows that when I'm doing a stretching class with David Adams and he goes, dude, you're, you're messed. You're messed up. That one day I'll be able to touch my toes. Thank you very much. That will be restored. Maybe not on this earth. He knows that you doubt. You're here today. You're here on Easter. But he knows that you doubt that this is an important thing to do every week. That faith, family, coming together, sharing life together will bring more life. He knows you doubt it. And yet the invitation is whenever you're here, your love his love is with you. And when you're not, guess what? His love is with you. But the invitation is, come experience it even more fully. I know that a few of you know at least one or two people that believe they're way too far gone. And they doubt that God and his forgiveness can do anything for them. But some of you have stories, stories in your life of joy and transformation that you can share with those. Because one time you thought you were too far gone. I love this resurrection account in John. And the reason why I love it is because it speaks directly about doubting. It shows the story of individuals that should have been the last ones to doubt. But they were the first ones. They were given all access, VIP treatment by Jesus. 
and they still doubted. It means it's an invitation from this Gospel of John that even though we doubt, Jesus says, you're still invited to the party. It shows the character of Jesus. As he stands there with a bunch of doubting people and he says, peace be with you. He keeps coming back. He doesn't have to. He could have said, now you've seen me. It's done. If you doubt, too bad for you. But instead, he reappears, gives a message, sends his angels. He reappears again. He makes sure that Thomas eventually will get to touch him. Verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus standing among them. Now, I do want to just pull out the message of Jesus to the disciples was, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. A week later, where are they at? The same place. How many of you feel that way? You have a transformational event in your life, and you're like, I love Jesus. Everything's going to change. And a week later, where are you at? The same place. The Gospel of John speaks right to that. Jesus knows we're going to be in the same place sometimes. But he has patience and endurance with us, and he continues to invite us. If you'll let go of your doubt, you will find life. He says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look in my hands. Put your hand into the wound by my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. There's one message I want you to take from the words of Jesus today. It's don't be faithless any longer. Believe. That's kind of an ouch, right? Look in the area of your life where you are being faithless. Hear the invitation from Jesus. Believe. Believe. You think your marriage will not recover? Believe. You think your sickness is too great for God to overcome? Believe. You think you're too far gone? Believe. You think your family will never make it to the kingdom of God because they keep rejecting Jesus? See, this can be participatory, right? You think your life can't change? You think your kids will never learn how to respect? Believe! <laughs> they will, right? Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes. Peace be with you. Jesus says it. He says, believe 
He invites us to do that. He invites us to believe that we are really forgiven. He invites that person. He says they're too far gone. You're not. He invites that person who thinks that they can't be a part of God's family, that they already are. He invites you today to look at your life in a different light. He invites you in the Gospel of John to come out of the dark of confusion and chaos and step into his light. And the awesome, awesome, wonderful, beautiful thing about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that when we stay in the dark, he does not leave us. He looks upon us with compassion and he says, Peace be with you. Peace be on you. Even in the midst of your confusion and chaos, may you have my peace. Peace be with you. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. The peace of God in Christ be on all of you and your families. And may you receive it so that joy and peace and love will fill your hearts this day. Amen. He is risen.